Terry Beatley, welcome back to the C.L. Bryan Show. How are you, friend? Hey, C.L., glad to be back on with you. Glad that you're there, Terry. All right, so I understand that you are going to be at the Supreme Court tomorrow. Is that right? I will be in front of the Supreme Court at 8.15 and somewhere in there reading something very important. But, yes, I will be there Well, thousands we, of others. We will be tuned in to see what this is all about. Terry, how do you think this is shaking out? Why are you going to be there? Tell us why we should be totally in tuned. Um, well, you should be totally in tune because uh, abortion has been decriminalized in the nation for 47 years, and the entire industry of abortion is based on lies and propaganda. And in fact, you know, the father of the abortion industry even he revealed to America what he did to deceive the public and the courts of our land. And so the Roe v. Wade case tomorrow is being challenged. Um, this has been on the docket for now, I guess, two months. And it's in a case called Dobbs versus Jackson's Women Health Organization. And it's a case that um, could potentially overturn Roe v. Wade and Doe versus Bolton. What type of time frame? I know that the court will not act hastily, but they may right. signal their uh, disposition uh, to us. What are you expecting to accomplish? Well, I, it wouldn't surprise me if we don't, if they don't opine on this, hand down their decision until June. Maybe it comes earlier than that. Usually in these high-level kind of cases, it could take four to six months. Perhaps they're going to deliver it earlier. I hope it'll be on the longer end because it'll give us, as well as many others, much more time to enlighten the public because half of the country walks in darkness, not understanding that this was an industry that was established on lies and propaganda and has literally exploited women and their babies and, quite frankly, emasculated men. Um, so, so as far as the timeline, I'm thinking four to six months out. Let's talk about the other side of this coin, because uh, truly we as conservatives and people who believe in pro-life, pro-life, mm -hmm. uh, truly we must look at this realistically. Will this, in your opinion, also be a rallying cry for those on the left, because that they don't have much to, to rally a cry about. Is this something that we must educate our people in order to defend against the rebuttals that are going to come when uh, the, the Supreme Court pretty much signals the way it's, it's thinking? Yeah, no, they will be out in droves tomorrow. Make no mistake. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, true. Historically, usually they outnumber pro-lifers, uh, sadly. However, because this case is so important, uh, I, I, people are being shipped in from all over the country who are advocates of life, protecting the dignity of all human life. And um, so my hope is that the people who are unborn life. And it's a huge opportunity, CL. Because the, the father of America's industry of abortion, who, by the way, co-founded the first pro-abortion political action organization, NARAL Pro-Choice America, and he trained Planned Parenthood doctors. Planned Parenthood was not doing abortions. 
1965, 66. In fact, Planned Parenthood, who's the largest baby killer in America today, but back in 1966, they were warning women not to have abortions. Wow. If you're under 47 years of age, you thank God that your mother decided, and you're listening to this show, and I have many thousands of listeners uh, around the nation every, every, every day. Uh, If you're listening to this show and you're under 47 years old, you thank God that your mother did not destroy you. She would not have been taking out her appendix. She wouldn't have been, been cutting off her arm. She would have been killing you. Okay, so that's the long and the short answer uh, to what abortion is. Now, let me ask you this as well. When we think about Planned Parenthood, a lot of people think that it's just a friendly place for women to get friendly information. Would you speak to that? No, Planned Parenthood is not a women's health care organization. Planned Parenthood spreads the world view of the founder, Margaret Sanger. And there are three things that sum up the world view of Margaret Sanger, uh, and which have sadly become institutionalized because of a very methodical, stealthy plan that she built out way back in the 1920s and 30s and 40s. Margaret Sanger advocated, and this is why the organization today advocates for number one, promiscuity, number two, euthanasia, And number three, controlling births of those she deemed undesirable. So if you were poor, if you were black, if you were any kind of a minority, uh, Margaret Sanger, for the most part, wanted to see, if not your extinction, she wanted to to, um, at at least impact uh, the, the population of those sectors of people. The notion that Down syndrome babies, that arguments are put forth that Down syndrome babies with Down syndrome should have been aborted in the womb, that's euthanasia. And that's a large degree that came from Margaret Sanger. And then, of course, promiscuity. Uh, Most Americans don't understand what America looked like prior to the worldview of Margaret Sanger being propagated all across this country. They have no concept. So when we speak of sexually transmitted diseases of you know, 11-year-olds and 12-year-olds and 18-year-olds. America did not look like this until the worldview of Margaret Sanger was spread all over the country. And so those three things, just to repeat, the her gospel of promiscuity, her belief in euthanasia, and her belief in controlling births of those she deemed less desirable, that is Planned Parenthood. Her father was an atheist socialist, um, pretty much a Marxist, And uh, Margaret Sanger hung out with well-known, well-funded Marxist uh, uh, socialists and 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 sparing all details for the sake of this conversation. But just know her worldview became institutionalized. And you, every listener of C.L. Bryant show, you're paying for it. And folks, you better hear. I want you to hear what Terry Beatley is saying to you. I want you to, to, to reiterate. I, I, we want to reiterate what Margaret Sanger's views were. If you're poor, that means red, yellow, black, or white. If you're poor, and especially if you're mentally feeble, if you don't uh, show any promise uh, of, show, uh, of, of giving anything or, or, or contributing anything to Margaret Sanger and Hillary Clinton's world, uh, then uh, you are a candidate for extermination. If you're black, 
you, you should be exterminated in Margaret Sanger's world. Uh, she wanted to create that uh, Hitler, Hitler-type uh, Hitler society uh, where you had a super race of people. And, and, right. and friends, this is the evil that is good. Think about that. Think about someone deciding who lives and who dies. They play God. Friends, right. that's what's happening. Talk to us, Terry. And the same thing's going on today, you know, with all the issues we're dealing with today. No, and the doctor that I, quite frankly, the Lord opened up the door to go interview Dr. Bernard Nathanson. He was the father of America's industry of abortion, uh, where he co-founded NARAL Pro-Choice America. However, in 1970, January 1970, before New York, um, back in January 1970, they still had a law on the books protecting all babies in the womb, all nine months of pregnancy. But Dr. Nathanson went to Planned Parenthood in New York and begged Planned Parenthood to join with NARAL to spread this worldview of decriminalizing abortion. Planned Parenthood rejected Dr. Nathanson's um, um, request. They refused to join. So the question is, what the heck happened? How, since January 1970, has Planned Parenthood become the biggest baby killer, the biggest killer of black children uh, that this nation has ever seen? And yet we've got people who run around claiming social justice and, you know, Black Lives Matter, and yet they advocate for the very organizations that killed 22 million black babies in this country just since 1973. Well, Nathanson went to Planned Parenthood, begged them to join with NARAL. Planned Parenthood refused because, it, keep in mind, it was just five years earlier. They they literally had in their world population um, leaflet, their pamphlet, warning women, do not have an abortion because it kills the life of an existing human being and abortion may make you sterile so that when you do want a baby, you may not be able to have one. So the question is, what happened to Planned Parenthood? And I believe, it's my opinion, that once it became legalized in New York, and New York was the abortion capital of the Western Hemisphere, and everybody pull out your calculator, it's a real quick math. You know, if the average abortion back then was like $250, $300 per abortion, because it really hadn't kept up with abortion, it became an overnight multi-million dollar industry. And Planned Parenthood saw all the money they were leaving on the table, and this was going to be their new brand of women's health care. And now if I want to do, I can call Planned Parenthood, give them a donation, and me, little white Terry Beatley, I can make a donation to kill a black baby. Don't wow. you dare abort a white baby, but abort a black baby. Wow. Uh, hey, I can't tell you guys how to put it any plainer uh, than the way Terry Beatley has just put it. Terry, tell everybody how to get a hold of you and your work bring you to a place where they are so you can continue to preach the gospel of pro-life. Well, I appreciate it. You you pulled out the feisty side of me. You get me talking Planned Parenthood, I get a little bit spicy and feisty. But, you know, at the end of the day, CL, it's all about love. It's reclaiming. It's what Dr. Nathanson said because he became pro-life. He said, tell America that the co-founder of NARAL says to love one another, abortion is not love. Stop the killing. The world needs more love. And I'm all about love now. Wow. That's the father of the abortion industry. So I encourage everybody, number one, to get the book. Just go to abortionking.com. 
abortionking.com. And if you get, when you get to the code section, put in HI, that'll help Hosea Initiative, the ministry that, that teaches America all about Dr. Nathanson and the truth that the father of America's industry of abortion left behind. And it's at the end of the day, if somebody is pro-choice, pro-abortion, maybe they don't feel good about it, but if they would just learn the legacy of Dr. Nathanson, it will lead them right to the foot of the cross for to, uh, to see that, that the father of America's industry of abortion did not know what to do with his guilt, his shame. I mean, he was personally responsible for the death of 75,000 human beings. Wow. And it finally led him to, to Jesus Christ and redemption and salvation through divine mercy. Amen, amen, amen. I got to ask you one more question, Terry. Stay with me for just a couple of more minutes, please. Uh, our young people, our children in school, have we a generation, maybe two? Do we have, how, how indoctrinated are they to this uh, philosophy? They're extremely indoctrinated, especially by the time they, you know, graduate from high school, because sadly, the people who are there teaching them, they, you know, they've eaten the rotten fruit of all this radical feminism now, you know, for decades. So unless parents and, you know, the church and whoever else could be a positive center of influence, unless we're educating and enlightening our children, they will be devoured by the lies of all this propaganda. And so I say the you know so many, but the but the good news is they're also survivors of abortion because they're like you said in the beginning, their mothers could have aborted them. And they know that when they see that ultrasound, they all know it's a baby because the left can't get away with the lies is just blob of tissue. Not anymore, not with 3D and 4D ultrasound. You can show that to a two and a half, three-year-old and a three-year-old will say, baby. And so there's so many things going in our favor right now if we all become courageous witnesses for life. Amen. And when you know the legacy of this guy, Dr. Nathanson, and how he impacted Roe v. Wade, and it's, it's everything tomorrow, the whole thing tomorrow is fighting what Dr. Bernard Nathanson did to our country. And if people would just embrace the truth he left behind, this whole industry of killing human life is done. It's over. Oh, my. That, that, that would be a happy, happy day when we stop murdering our unborn. And let's call it what it is. I agree with my buddy, uh, Alan West. I mean, hey, I'm not going to buy into uh, the language of the left by calling it abortion. Let's call it what it is. It's murder. And uh, so, folks, we're going to have uh, Terry Beatley is going to be there at the Supreme Court tomorrow. Terry, I want to bring you on a, a week from today. And uh, let's let's do a, a, a post-mortem on, on what, what went on uh, yesterday, I want to bring you back because I'm sure it's going to build some fires. And I want you to help us build a fire again, Terry Beatley, by telling us how to get a hold of your work. Give the web- website and your work yeah, again. Uh, th- yes, sir. Thank you. And it's after the book in the Bible called Hosea, after Hosea, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So if you go to Hosea, the number four, Y-O-U.org, Hosea for you.org. That'll take you to the website and you can also pick up the book right from there. You'll see links. So Hosea for you.org. Hosea for you, the number four, the Hosea for, Hosea for you.org. 
Terry Beatley, listen, God bless you. God keep you. Continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will, Terry, because you are fighting the good fight. Oh, my God, I cannot think of a better fight for any of us to be in. Hey, all of you, go out, build your own fire. Check out Terry Beatley's website, Hosea, the number four, Hosea for you. Dot O-R-G. God bless you. God keep you. Thank you for being on. Have you on again real soon.